Hello, and welcome to another episode of Future of Tax, the KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. For today's special International Women's Day episode, we've brought together a panel of distinguished female tax technology leaders who will share their inspiring stories and perspectives on their careers so far, including the challenges and opportunities they've experienced, the advances in the industry, and the role women play in tax technology. Joining me are Catherine Light, Director, Technology and Innovation, KPMG in Singapore, Debs Watson, Senior Manager, Tax Ignition, KPMG in the US, and Sri Varanasi, Senior Manager, Tax Ignition, also with KPMG in the US. Thanks to all of you for joining me on the phone today. So to start our conversation, can each of you tell us how you began your career and the moves you've made to reach where you are today? Catherine, I'd like to start with you first, if that's all right. So my career started in 2008 uh, when I started as an audit clerk in KPMG South Africa. Uh, After three years of being in the audit department, I moved across to tax compliance and advisory, working across various taxes. I then went on maternity leave, and when I returned after having my second daughter, I realized that our clients were spending an inordinate amount of time doing manual, mundane, Excel-driven tasks. So I said to my senior leadership at the time that there's got to be a better way to do these type of um, tasks that we were doing. And I'm sure that there is uh, technology that must be able to help us. I then spent five years in KPMG South Africa looking at this and really putting a data-driven approach onto the the way we were doing indirect tax reviews. This led me in good stead to apply for a job in KPMG Singapore. And I then moved across in 2018 to assist with the development and the broad expansion of uh, KPMG's Singapore Tax Transformation Department and looking at how do we take the automations and the process and data-driven approaches to direct tax and not only indirect tax. That has now been my focus and it's helped me get onto Digital Gateway and the development of Digital Gateway as well as rolling up uh, significant projects in the region as well as locally for KPMG Singapore. Thanks, Catherine. And Debs, how about you? So I joined KPMG in 2009 on the audit ACA grad scheme in London. I'm a maths graduate and I love learning, so training to be an accountant seemed like a logical choice for me. And it it was. I gained a lot of uh, really great experience during that time. But after qualifying, I was ready for a change. I was kind of unsure what direction to go in when I found out about KPMG's modeling team. Building models requires a lot of uh, logical thinking and comfort with data and numbers, as well as an ability to really understand your client's business and and help, help them solve their problems. And so this was a perfect fit for me. I could combine my math skills and my accounting skills into that single goal which was a role that I hadn't even known existed. Um, I spent that time becoming an expert on water regulatory modeling, which hadn't necessarily been my intention, but the skills I was learning were very much agnostic of of function or industry and could really be applied universally. I also gained a great mentor. He subsequently moved to the U.S. to join the tax ignition practice. And in 2015, asked me if I would move out to help grow the data and analytics team, particularly around our modeling capabilities. 
So I arrived in the US almost six years ago now, and I've learned a lot since moving here, both around tax and around new technologies. My passion is really with Microsoft uh, Power Platform and empowering our clients to become more um, more tech and, and data enabled. I've co-developed a number of firmware tools, including the ITRA tool, which allows for extensive international tax modeling. And I've also led several large technology projects with clients across the country. Thank you, Debs. And up next is Cherie. How about your journey, Cherie? Okay. So I have a technology background. I did my master's in computer science, and I joined KPMG as a campus hire. I started with their tax technology practice, working as a developer on one of their uh, applications, uh, business process applications. And slowly, I got opportunities to learn other aspects of technology and how that gets applied to various business processes. I was in their tax technology practice for about eight years, and then I transferred to the KPMG Commission practice when I got started back in 2014. And ever since, I've been focusing on some of the emerging technologies, net new, um, something that uh, I've never seen examples of in the past. So it was a great learning experience, learning all those technologies and implementing them. I worked from a range of uh, visualization tools to machine learning uh, to uh, more recently cloud. And I'm currently uh, working on creating the next generation of document collaboration system for all of tax practice globally via their digital gateway platform. Thanks, Sri. Catherine, what are some of the barriers you've faced in your career and, and how did you overcome them? For me, uh, it's been definitely an adversity to change the way of doing tax. Um, technology is new and foreign to the tax world and often is met with huge resistance. So then change is hard and it takes a lot of convincing that technology will actually deliver the results that you're expecting to see and will streamline your your day-to-day job without taking your job and putting it at risk. It's about getting those people to understand that there's new opportunities for them to develop and that they can take that and leverage those opportunities to grow a new skill, to maybe go to bed an hour earlier than they did in the past because they've got automation. But it's not about losing their job, it's about redefining who they are, using the technology tools that are available so that they can deliver the tax jobs more effectively and efficiently. But it's it's no easy task, and I don't think it's overcome yet. It's still a journey to get there. But in the last 12 years, that's been my core experience is change and the change management piece. Thanks, Catherine. Debs, I'd like to come to you next with the same question. What have been the main obstacles you've faced? To me, the biggest barrier I've faced has been around a lack of confidence. I, I felt I had to be perfect all the time, and so anything less than perfection was, was failure. Um, so two things that really helped me in, in overcoming this. Firstly, just saying yes, you know, pushing aside the self-doubt to take on those challenging, uncomfortable roles and, and not treating imperfection as failure was essential for me to build that confidence and resilience, which allowed me to keep pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Secondly, gaining a sponsor. I've been really lucky to have gained an amazing sponsor who guides me and champions what I'm doing. Um, You know, I I always think to myself, if she believes in me, then I kind of have to believe in me. And, And that's made a huge difference to me from a confidence perspective. 
Thanks, Debs. And Shri, what about you? What what kind of obstacles have you faced in your career? For me, one of the barriers has been, again, lack of confidence, uh, primarily because of not having the right role models as women leaders in technology and not knowing how to navigate and what it takes to be successful in my role at KPMG. And the way I overcome is I look to my male colleagues and try to see how they perform or how they uh, approach things uh, in this field. And it was really taking that intentional action on my part, uh, trying to learn various things that they are learning and try to approach things from various angles and trying them failing multiple times and not giving up and learning from my uh, failures and reapplying it and succeeding finally and building that confidence slowly. That's great, Shri. So next I'd like to ask you about your approach to balancing personal and professional life. And I'm guessing that's especially difficult in the current environment where working from home has become the norm. When it comes to juggling between work life and personal life or even family life really is very hard uh, in general. I've always been in situations where I'm I'm the primary child care uh, giver and I have to always figure out options to support my kids. In my case, uh, I've always used a mantra of prioritize, delegate, and let go. It's extremely hard for any person to do everything all by themselves. So I try to prioritize what's most important and things where I have to jump in and be present physically. And it's my work, it's my kids, their um, their well-being, and at times important things that are uh, very crucial for, for them to, to build their confidence. There are times when my, my kids uh, are willing to spend more time with me, looking to spend more time with me, but I have this presentation or something to deliver, um, guess what? They're sleeping with me in the chair, in my computer chair while I'm working on the presentation. Uh, they hug me and uh, they, they do it. So it's it's just, just figuring out what works in a given situation, identifying what your priorities are and what's, what's the purpose and what motivates you the most and, and going with that. That's what has helped me. And Catherine, how about you? At the end of the day, it's about developing that employee-employer relationship where you can trust each other that, you know, if you say that the job's going to get done, it's going to get done uh, within the time that is required. But equally, when you need time out uh, to go and do those family-orientated tasks, and in the past I found that it has been difficult and it has its moments where it's incredibly hard to get that balance right. What I've found is, and I'm not very good at it, but I'm still trying, is learning to say no to certain tasks where you actually just don't have the time in your day to perform those tasks. Saying no, but being committed to still delivering where you can deliver. So it's not about saying no to every opportunity. It's just about managing where you sit and what you can say yes to so that you can deliver to everybody what is expected of you. These days with remote working, your office is maybe on the landing, maybe in your bedroom for some people. It's really hard to then walk away and say, well, I'm now calling it a day and I'm not going to do any more work. But it's about taking that disciplined step to say, what is good for me? What do I have to say yes to? What do I need to say no to? And how can I manage my day more effectively? Thanks, Catherine. And Debs, what's been your way of getting the work-life balance right? I, I find setting boundaries has been really crucial for me. I make sure to block out focus time on my calendar. This helps to make sure that I'm 
you know, I'm not just bouncing from call to call all week and then playing catch-up on weekends. I also love to run, so I make sure to carve out time during the week to prioritize this. Part of managing all of this is around setting expectations and, as Catherine said, just not being afraid to say no. I think women can have a tendency to want to say yes to everything and to want to, you know, keep helping others and, and, and keep, I guess, keep trying to prove yourself, but it's not always sustainable. So knowing when to say no and, and to put yourself first and, and sticking to those boundaries has been really crucial for me. Thanks. A lot of good advice all around there. So I'd like to move on to asking about your roles as leaders. What, in your experience, does it take to make a great leader? For me, um, it's really being authentic and genuinely caring about your people. I, I want a leader that I can connect with on both a personal and professional level and feel that they care about me and my career progression. Um, that makes me feel valued and inspires me to, to work harder. It also inspires me to pay it forward. Um, I want others to have that same positive experience that I'm having. And Catherine, what makes an inspiring leader for you? For me, an inspiring leader is somebody who has a clear vision and focus to their team. In addition to that, they help their team meet the goals. They're with the team. They're part of the team. One of the key statements that always stands out is, they will hire people that are better than them to do the jobs that they need to be done and celebrate all the wins of the team. They're never afraid to take that step of building the team that's successful as a group. And for me, that is, that is the key definition of, of an inspiring leader. Somebody who works with you, is smiling next to you, knows you, but drives the team forward. Fantastic. And Shri, what makes a great leader in your eyes? For me, a great leader is someone who, is, who has a very positive mindset and to make bold decisions and leap forward, uh, even in unknown areas, always prepared for the unknown future. They also have honest and uh, open communication with their teams, always providing real-time feedback to help develop their teams. And, and they swim along with their team. It's, um, they're part of the, the journey of the project with their team. Excellent. Thank you. So coming on to my next question, how have you all seen tax technology leaders put inclusion and diversity at the forefront of their agendas? Catherine? In my opinion, it, what I've seen change is that the inclusion and the diversity is about bringing the right people in for the job, regardless of race or gender. It's about the competence, it's about the skill set that we're looking about for, and it's also about bringing in somebody that's passionate about what they do. I have seen how women have really driven a lot of change throughout the organization and that different races have been included because they were really good at what they did and they needed to be put in those positions because they were just the best for that position. And for me, that is critical. Best people will lead the best results and will grow. We will grow indefinitely with those type of people in those positions. Thanks, Catherine. And, and, and Debs, what are some of the things you and your team are putting in place to address the issues? We, we know we struggle with our numbers once it gets to that manager and above level. And I think just recognising that and saying, you know, it's not OK and we want to change it in itself is really critical. We've, we've done a lot already um, at the new joiner level, and obviously we hope that will pay dividends going forward. 
that the other side of that is around retention, um, and, and that's something we're really trying to focus on as well. Um, we're looking at different initiatives to help kind of reflect on our culture, look at how we can maybe improve it and improve the support available to create that environment where women are really going to thrive and, and want to stay in the team. One example of this, um, we just introduced a coffee chat series. So on a monthly basis, we're connecting women in the team, um, helping to develop that network and really just provide that space to, you know, talk about particular challenges and, and to talk about successes as well. Um, the goal of those chats is to connect and to really empower the women in the group. Thanks, Debs. And Shri, are you seeing similar efforts being put in place? Sure. When it comes to inclusion and diversity, and especially focusing on gender balance and promoting women female talent, our leaders are invested in developing female talent in their teams, like creating mentoring and sponsorship and coaching opportunities for high-potential women. More recently, we've been hosting women's coffee chat sessions to kind of nurture female talent and their career potential. I've also seen multiple women receiving KPMG Chairman's Awards at their local offices, so that's definitely a great positive step. I personally have been fortunate to work with multiple leaders who recognized my efforts, made me feel that my contributions are truly valued by giving me increasing responsibilities and opportunities to make big decisions. Thanks, Sri. That brings me neatly on to my final question for you all. Based on your career journeys and experiences so far, can I ask you to pass on some advice to the next generation of female leaders within tax technology? Catherine, can I start with you? It's about being passionate about driving change within our tax function. Uh, it's about getting the balance right between high-level tax knowledge and good technology understanding. It's embracing every opportunity that comes your way to learn something new, to be at the forefront of a new development. When I have my interns that join our team, it's about giving them opportunities to discover who they are, what do they want to do, what do they like doing, and the only way you can do that is by having opportunities. And those opportunities might be to learn a new tool and to understand something more about a tax area that you maybe didn't understand so that you can have that two-minute innovator pitch. If you're passionate about taking opportunities and seizing them, there will be no limit to what you can achieve as an individual and your growth prospects will be significant over your career. Thanks, Catherine. Debs, what would your advice be? My advice would be be confident in who you are and be confident in what you bring to the table. Sometimes when we have a lack of female role models, it kind of narrows that view of what, what success looks like and can perpetuate that feeling of maybe not fitting in or, or not being good enough. My, my advice would be don't try to emulate what you think a successful person should be like and just stay true to yourself. Thanks, Debs. And finally, Shri, what would your advice be? Be willing to take risks and push yourself outside your comfort zone because that's where most of the learning happens. Be intentional with the kind of skill set and positive learning experiences you seek out. Most importantly, believe in yourself. Be aware of your limiting thoughts because most of our limitations are self-imposed. And, and surround yourself with big dreamers and, and dream big. Catherine, Debs and Shri, on behalf of our listeners, thank you for your time and your openness in sharing your experiences with us today. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye. You too. Bye. 
For more on International Women's Day, please visit kpmg.com forward slash IWD. We invite you to share your experiences and participate in the conversation by using the hashtag futureisinclusive. Join us again next time and please email us with any questions you have about today's episode at tax at kpmg.com. And we'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening.